At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Uh. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt now. Good Monday morning to you. It is a numbers game right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo Sling Game Plus, and of course, iHeartRadio. It's Gil Alexander. Uh, what a weekend. What a weekend. The first ever Super Wild Card Weekend. We will uh, discuss all. I will try to remember every single detail. Uh, I'm sure I will, I will forget one or two here or there. Uh, but I think we're going to be pretty thorough about all of this. And uh, we'll do it in, listen, we'll do it in guessing lines format fashion. Not that we're guessing lines. We will guess lines. But I doubt there will be that much of a discrepancy. But it's really our excuse to go back and look at uh, all the games yesterday. Look forward to uh, next weekend's divisional round. Uh, and, of course, uh, Bill Connolly will be here as well to discuss the national championship tonight. Uh, Bill Connolly, who writes for ESPN, the creator of SP+, the advanced stat for college football. Bill will give us his advanced stat analysis on tonight's game with Alabama favorite over Ohio State. Uh, but let's bring him in. He's the star of the show every uh, Monday morning for Guessing Lines. Um, Jason, what are you telling me? Because I can't hear you. What are you saying? We've got the animation ready to rock. Oh, for Chris. that's what you want with his with his funky little intro. Here it is for Guessing Lines, everybody. Oh, yeah. Non-sanctioned electric guitar. Non-sanctioned by either Chris or me. Chris Andrews, everybody, my mishpucha, who runs the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook. Uh, good morning to you, Chrissy. How are you? All good, but I, oh, I wish you had played that music a little longer. It sounded like uh, Jimmy Page or Eric Clapton. That was terrific. Uh, wait, do you like it? Did you, did you warm to it since last no. week? No. No, I was going to say. <laughs> not really. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. Nah. Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin, Eric Clapton. It was not. Um, they really should consult with us on the music. Uh, listen, did the Pittsburgh outcome, let's start here because I'm my big headline before we get into all this is, you know, one of the staples of this show, not just guessing lines, but just a numbers game. And we do it network wide, but certainly I'm, I'm, 
don't know if the word's guilty of it or not, but certainly one of the staples is, is that we go back and we lament, I'll be kind, coaching decisions, coaching malpractice <laughs> on any given Sunday, right? Anthony Lynn comes to mind as a big, uh, as someone who's a big culprit of that week after week. I don't ever remember a playoff weekend, and I get that there were six games and not four, but I don't ever remember a playoff weekend where four out of the six losers, I'll leave Matt Nagy out of it because I think his team just stinks, but four out of the six teams that lost, it was severe coaching malpractice sequences that boggle the mind. And I just question, like, what are we betting on? What is this? So we're going to get into all of that. Because I don't ever remember it this bad ever in one given moment. I'm not sure if you do either. We'll get your response to that. And then was the Pittsburgh game yesterday that just make you guys make out with that outcome yesterday? Uh, it, it was kind of like the least of the evils. You know, we had a lot of, th- you know, it, it, it works out this way in, in, you know, in bookmaking and then, and really just kind of like the way we do the accounting, you always have everything funneled into that last game. Uh, so once, you know, we did like the what ifs, you know, we looked like we were, we were in big trouble. Certainly if the Steelers won outright, uh, and I had a big money line on Cleveland all week just because I knew that was going to be the situation. They were just a real popular teaser team and we couldn't knock out anything uh, significant going into that, you know, teaser wise, you know, so we were, uh, I knew we were vulnerable. Uh, so I, I even juiced up the money line a little bit more and probably took back more than I should have on, uh, on Cleveland on the money line. Uh, but all in all, it was, it was still like a good day. We had a good result. Uh, with it, with everything combined, when, especially when you kind of look at it, we lost the first two games, you know, and managed to win the last one, although we probably should have won a little more than we did. But all in all, it was a pretty good day. Pretty good day. Do you agree with me that we've never seen as rampant coaching failures <laughs> as as we did in this moment? I don't think I'm being a, a prisoner of the moment saying this. In fact, I would like for pe- listeners to the show today – if, when you tweet in at Beating the Book, you can tweet in about whatever you want to tweet about. But if you'd like to rank these four guys, Frank Reich, Mike Vrabel, Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll, just which of the coaching blunders this weekend was the worst? Rank them one through four. It's just I, I can't believe what I was watching this weekend. It's just horrific. Well, you know, on my from my standpoint, I know – I'm probably, I know I'm in the minority. Let me just, I, let me just, that, let me just interrupt you one second just to give a station ID. It's Gil Alexander, Chris Andrews. This is Guessing Lines on a Numbers Game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Uh, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling Game Plus, and of course, iHeart. I'm sorry, Chris, go ahead. Well, you know, I, I always just look at team kind of, uh, you know, some of all their parts, you know, and some of the... Uh, you know, I, I, I like let's let's take the Steelers. You know, we we kind of know what Mike Tomlin is. He's not like a big analytical guy. You know, that's just you know until we hire somebody to do that. You know, again, that's just going to be part of what their team is. Same with every coach you just mentioned. You know, Mike Vrabel. Uh, you know, he figured out some things uh, last year where he kind of had. Uh, uh, Bill Belichick by the short hairs, you know, because some of the things that he had kind of figured out 
that, that he learned from Belichick, but he was using them against them. But these are all just, like I said, some of the parts, you know, that creates the whole. And, uh, you know, some guys are – you know, real good at that sort of stuff. And a lot of guys aren't. You got to remember the world that they came from. He's talking about Pete Carroll. What's he like, 70, something like that? I think he's 68, something. Uh, you know, he's been in football his whole life. You know, he, uh, this is just kind of what he is. You know, so I don't, I'm not sure these guys are going to change, but I look at that and I, I realize that's what it is. But not to say that they didn't make big mistakes. They did. You know, but uh, that, that really isn't always my concern because I, to me, Going forward, I look at that as that's kind of what the team is, like when I'm making a number, booking a game, doing whatever like that. Hmm. Well, that makes sense. But I will tell you from a betting standpoint, there is some hope. There is some hope (laughs) that these coaches do what they're supposed to do. But I guess that's – that's naive of me in this day of age. By the way, Pete Carroll, 69 years of age. Let's, let's do this in, in the format that we normally do it. And again, uh, we, we call it guessing lines. We'll guess the lines here. I, I, I know that I'm only, you know, because I know what they are now. But I will tell you that I guessed them. And I was not far off on any of them this time. But well, we'll go through it. give us an excuse to go through everything yesterday. Let's start with the first of the divisional round games on Saturday. Well, the Packers are a pretty solid seven, and the only differences I ever saw, I think there was a uh, there was a couple six and a halves when it first opened up, uh, with juice on the favorite, and then even uh, some seven and a halves with pretty heavy juice on the dog. I still see some of that, but the six and a halves are uh, virtually gone, or at least on my screen. I opened at seven. I, I kind of like the higher number um, if it. If it were to go to seven and a half, I could see going there myself. And uh, and again, I think people are a little bit prisoners of the moment in all these games. Yeah, you know, the Rams won. Uh, their defense looked fantastic, and I think that's what guys are going to uh, keep in mind in this game. But I thought seven was a good opening number. I, I guess seven and a half here, and I'll tell you why. I was dreaming, like as the Rams were winning this game uh, against the Seahawks, and we'll get into this here in a second, but the Jared Goff possibilities at a cold Lambeau field <laughs> were at least worth the tick yeah. above the seven for me. Cause we've seen him in cold weather. Again, there was that, there was just used one example, the, the Monday night game in Chicago where it was only 32 degrees Fahrenheit and the California kid acted like it was 32 below. Like he was just in over his head. So the Rams get here to play the number one seed Packers, obviously by beating the Seahawks, uh, they do it 30 to 20, Akers had 131 yards for the Rams. Darius Williams, the big play when he returned Russell Wilson's pick, 42 yards for a score. Rams won at 30 to 20. Uh, even while missing Aaron Donald, they're all pro tackle for much of the second half. He left with a rib injury. Uh, and they did it without a healthy quarterback for, you know, more than three quarters. John Wolford started for the second straight week, but he injured his neck when he uh, dived headfirst in the first quarter, was hitting the helmet by Jamal Adams' shoulder. By the way, they picked up the flag. My immediate comment was, oh, I bet they picked that up if that's Tom Brady. Like, there's just no chance they pick up that flag. <laughs> but it's John Wolford, and so they pick it up. Oh, yeah, it didn't seem like it was that bad of a hit, actually. It wasn't targeting. Uh, Goff took over less than two weeks. Uh, after undergoing surgery, took over rather less than two weeks after undergoing surgery on his right thumb. He ends up, golf does, 9 of 19 for 155, one touchdown, no picks, sacked twice. Wolford, 3 of 6 for 29 when he was in there, no touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked once. Akers, as I mentioned, 28 carries for 131 and a touchdown. The Rams finished with 164 yards rushing in this game against Seattle. They, they were 3 of 15 on third down, 
but they held Seattle to two of 14 on third down. They also held Seattle to 11 total first downs in the football game. Wilson, and what a shell of himself he's become. Like in the course of one year, Russell Wilson went to front runner for MVP. It's his to lose to a guy who completed 11 passes versus the Rams in the playoffs. He connected with uh, DK Metcalf on a pair of touchdowns, 51 yards in the first half off a broken play, then a 12-yarder with 228 left, really to make the score more respectable than it, you know, than it could have been. Seattle never played with the lead. They, uh, as I mentioned, 2 of 14 on thirds. Their 10-game home playoff win streak is snapped. Of course, you know, different crowd issue there. Jamal Adams said he played with a torn labrum in his left shoulder afterwards. He thought he'd throw that in. In addition to uh, Donald's injury, Cooper Cup limped off, grabbing at his right knee in the closing minutes of that game. But can I get to the P- – l- l- let's just sort of do the postmortem on the Seahawks if we could, Chrissy. Uh, in a five-minute okay. – f- Be- Before you go yes, – uh, no, please. go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Oh, no. Okay, so in a five-minute span in this game, and we're talking in the second quarter – uh, he kicks a 50-yard field goal, fourth and one, to tie the score up at three and three. Okay, fourth and one, 50-yard field goal. Agree, disagree. That's what he did. Fourth and one, 50-yard. Okay, goes in, bails him out. Then DK Metcalf is screaming on the sidelines because things aren't going well for him or the Seahawks. They're down in this game at this point. And so they force feed a pass to DK Metcalf in a playoff game. Pick six. That's the pick six I'm talking about. Darius Williams makes it 13 to three. That's what happens when you force feed a ball to a whining wide receiver. 255 left in the second quarter. It's third and nine. Goff goes to Akers for 44 yards. And Pete Carroll with, again, it was stupid challenge weekend. That was another theme of the weekend. He challenges that Goff was over the line of scrimmage, which was just idiotic because he was clearly not over the line of scrimmage. So they lose a timeout in the process. And then on, on a late second half drive, just north of two minutes, 201 left, he doesn't, you know, the team's not disciplined enough. They jump off sides, first and goal at the 10, makes it first and goal at the five. The Rams end up taking a 20 to 10 lead into the half because they cash in on that. So it's just one, th- those are five different gaffes in a five minute span that are either directly on Carroll's shoulder or indirectly, like you don't have your team prepared in any way. And at the end, he was just like, he couldn't believe his team had lost. McVay, by the way, goes to 37-0 and now when leading at halftime. The, Seah- the Seahawks had been 19-6 and straight up since the start of last year in one-score games. This one doesn't even end up in one-score game, so throw out that stat. But five-minute period where it's just five different gaffes that I just rattled off the top of my head. So Pete Carroll, for those on, on Twitter at Beating the Book who want to do your rankings, there's the Pete Carroll candidacy for the worst coaching job of the weekend. I just thought it was awful, Chris. Yeah, but once again, you know, who are these guys? You know, you look at Pete Carroll, okay, 69 years old. How did he get to where he is? Where where was he like before yesterday? Well, he was, you know, pretty successful at USC. He won a Super Bowl with uh with Seattle. You know, so this this is just who he is. Now all of a sudden, I know you know, myself and my friends, we've talked about this. If they need somebody on, you know, up in the booth or whatever to tell them the metrics as the game is going on. But if you're a guy like Pete Carroll, I could just say, what, I'm going to listen to some pencil neck little geek that never played football his entire life. That's who I'm supposed to take advice from. 
you know, and we see this all the time. And, you know, we're, we're talking football, of course, but we see it all the time, you know, in all walks of life, guys who buy football teams, let's say the Washington football team. You've got a guy like Daniel Snyder, who was, I don't know if he was a billionaire at 35, but he was, you know, pretty darn close. He actually a genius in everything that he ever did. Now all of a sudden he owns a football team and he, and he thinks, okay, look how you know, he's been, uh, you know, how smart I am. I'm smart enough to buy this football team at 35 years old. Of course I know exactly what I'm doing. And of course, you know, he didn't. Uh, but, you know, this is just, uh, you know, this, this is how the egos work on, on people, not just, uh, you know, people in uh, authoritative, positions and some guys can adapt and other guys are just trapped in, within their own ego and the own and the things that they've done their whole life uh, do what's right and, and and won't be able to adapt I think Pete Carroll and probably all these coaches that you're talking about fall into that category uh, but you know right now we're talking about Pete and I think he definitely falls into that category yeah well I mean all of that may be true but some of that some of this stuff that we're going to go through today is just so simple that I, that I find it hard to believe that you can't adapt to certain things um, maybe you're right I will tell you this I was looking forward to this golf at at Lambeau matchup I love that it's you said it was seven or six and a half in the end no 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 it's seven okay uh, but that's what I did want to say is you know the re when I kind of said I like it higher and I still I still kind of like it higher but uh, part of it was Aaron Donald being hurt yep and Cooper Cup being hurt the, their best offensive player their best defensive player but as of this morning, McVay is saying that they should be fine by Sunday. Again, coaches lie, and they don't have to say who's participating in practice and all that yet, you know, but they will by later in the week. But I would keep an eye on those two injuries because if those guys, you know, are out or hampered, uh, you know, seven's probably a pretty cheap number. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think it's cheap. I really like the Packers. And that's I may like that game more than any of the four this coming weekend. How did how did this and just I'll say it one more time? How did this Rams team lose to the Jets and kill some of us in Survivor? Because not only did Golf, you know, we 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 uh, we harp on Jared Golf in that game and the Golf face, but you know what? Aaron Donald didn't do anything in that game either. Like it was an all-out fail. They just simply did not show up for that game. Didn't care. And again, just, you know, from a betting perspective, always keep in mind these pitfalls uh, exist. Sadly, those of us who had the Rams that week uh, fell into that uh, little uh, pitfall, and that was the end of that. All right, uh, number two. We'll start on number two here on uh, game two on Saturday. Uh, Ravens at the Bills. Um, Well, this number opened between two and a half and three. I guess it's kind of like take your choice. Three was my yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I I really <laughs> I've been a Bills guy, you know, certainly for the last you know two months. I I thought I was going to like the Bills an awful lot in this game. I still kind of like them, uh, but you know we play that little two and a half three game at South Point. Well, the customers play it on us, so I try to hold the whole number if and when I can. So I opened three. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at my screen right now. We got a lot of money plus three. And as I look at it, I think I think the public will be on the Ravens. The Bills won 
They didn't look that great. Everybody really has, you know, recency so much in mind. And, and some of that, you know, I, I know we kind of knock that as being, um, you know, not very smart. But a lot of times it is. Sometimes teams are just peaking. And right now I think this Ravens team is really playing well. But I I, I still like the Bills. I think they're going to win this game. And, uh, you know, their defense, I think, hasn't been all that good for the last couple of months. Uh, but but uh, I think this is doing, I'm looking right now, this is not, well, it's not the highest. No, there's a couple of high scoring games that we got uh, total wise. But I think, I think it would be a real good game. I thought three was a good number. I could definitely see two and a half. It's going to be right in that range. But I think the public's going to be on the Ravens in this game. Yeah, I guess three. It was the only thing I, I thought to make it. I was like, that just seems like an obvious three. Uh, but I think you're right. I think Baltimore money will come in on this just because of recency here. Baltimore gets there by virtue of their 20 to 13 win over the Titans. They rally from 10 points down um, in the first of the Sunday wildcard games. Lamar Jackson finally with his first postseason victory. They snapped a string of 21 straight games. The Ravens did uh, lost by the franchise in either the regular season or playoffs when trailing by 10 or more. How about that? Jackson ended up 17 of 24 for 179. No touchdowns. One pick. He was sacked five times, but 16 carries for 136 yards and a touchdown. Uh, his sixth 100-yard rushing game. It is rather the sixth 100-yard rushing game by a quarterback in the postseason. Lamar and Colin Kaepernick each with two. Marquise uh, Hollywood Brown, seven catches for 109, 401 total yards for the Ravens in victory. They also shut down, and this is the most important thing, 2,000-yard rusher Derrick Henry holding Tennessee to its fewest points all season. Henry ends up, Derrick Henry ends up with 18 carries for 40 yards, uh, 40 yards. He ran all over the Ravens with 328 yards combined in the past two meetings this year. Uh, or the past two meetings, period, rather. Both Calais Campbell and Brandon Williams were back on the Baltimore defensive line, though. Henry with his worst performance of the year, again, 18 for 40. Ravens held the Titans to 12 first downs. Baltimore uh, smothered that Tennessee offense that had tied for fourth in the league this year, averaging 30.7 points a game. They had more offensive yards per game during the season than any team but Kansas City. And the Ravens outgained him 401 to 209 in the end. 209 with just 51 total rushing yards. Uh, Titans did have the ball and a chance to win, but Marcus Peters intercepted Tannehill's pass intended for uh, Khalif Raymond with 150 left. And that was that. Titans lost their first home playoff game in 12 years. The, the key moment in that game, though, Titans, to me, when they were up 10 to nothing, they had outgained, they had outgained the, the Ravens 126 to 36 in the first quarter. And the Ravens held Tennessee then to minus seven yards in the second quarter. It was the third fewest in any quarter of a playoff game since 2000, since the 2000 season. But that was the moment. It was third down for Baltimore, third and seven at their own 28, down 10 to nothing. Uh, and Lamar Jackson made an unbelievable play. He was flushed out, remained patient, hit Andrews for 17 yards. That drive resulted in a field goal. And the next Baltimore drive down 10 to three, Third and nine at their own, or excuse me, at the Tennessee 48, 232 left in the second quarter, a 48-yard touchdown run to tie it up 10 to 10. Those two plays, if they don't convert that first, that a third down, down 10 to nothing deep in their own territory, there's no way I can prove this. But if they don't convert that, that could be a Tennessee run out, just like it was last year. But instead, Lamar makes the play. This year he makes the play, last year he does not. And uh, the rest is history. We'll come back, we'll... Uh, do more on this game because there's so much I want to say about the losing coaches in both. Coming back, 
numbers game, guessing lines right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Find the perfect gift for yourself or the VEASAN fan and sports better in your life at the VEASAN store. Pick up a cool new tee for yourself and find unique gift ideas for friends and family. We have high-quality T-shirts, hats, and mugs with your favorite VEASAN shows, hosts, and sports betting quotes. And now all VEASAN subscribers save 20% off every order in the store. Give the gift of VEASAN to friends, family, and yourself this year. Visit VEASAN.com slash store today. Before you place your next bet, visit vcin.com for all the latest data and powerful betting tools. Start with our live odds, team comparisons, and previews for every game on the schedule. Then dive deeper with live tracking of betting trends and line movements. And don't miss our unique tools, including odds comparisons from sportsbooks across the country, prop bet search engine, and custom parlay calculator. Everything you need to increase your betting knowledge and confidence is at your fingertips. Visit vcin.com today. If you didn't catch VSIN last week, here's some of what you missed. I have no problem, Gil, if the Eagles would have called the league office Sunday afternoon and after they and said, look, fellas, we can't guarantee we're going to play this game with all our guys. We're, we've got a lot of injuries. We want to play Nate Sutfeld. We're not going into this game with the intent to win the game. So if you put us on national TV, it may give you a black eye. If they would have done that or if they would have just said Nate Sutfeld's the starter, all bets are off. But the fact that they dangled the carrot in front of the Giants and the clearly the Washington football team wasn't equipped to win the game with the quarterback who couldn't move and then to pull it back, that's where the conflict was. So you're asking about tanking, and I'm talking about integrity and honesty. I think those are two different issues, and I think that's where the conflict comes in. 
Fair enough. I like the answer. And and Doug Peterson's famous comment after the game, Michael, which I'm sure you loved. Quote, yes, I was coaching to win. Yes, that was my decision solely. Nate, meaning Sudfeld, has been here for four years, and I felt he deserved an opportunity to get some snacks. And and yes, Lee Harvey Oswald was on the sixth floor. (laughs) And yes, he he shot that. Yes, all those things are true. (laughs) Those things are true. Okay, so we're still okay with each other? We got through that. I'm good. I'm good with it. Look, I I, I understand. Now, just add one little flavor into this, the Eagles cap. You know, they're going to have to – they'll lose two players – to fit that six pick in over the night. You think they'll pick a quarterback if they have a shot? You do. Hmm. I do. Okay. Uh, I think the top ten will be all – I think this will be a quarterback-filtered draft because there's so many teams in the top ten that need them, and there's so many teams in the teens that need them, starting with the Patriots, starting with the Colts, and some of those teams, Washington, Washington. your football team. You know, so there's going to be a lot of action in that top ten. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. With the football playoffs and basketball games every week, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted out specials, and much more. Just download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the Strip. With your state-issued ID to open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. In addition, VEASAN's reporting live from Mandalay Bay every weekend. Check us out down there. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander and Chris Andrews uh, guessing lines. Not really guessing lines, but uh, letting you know what the guesses were. Wild card weekend, a look back. Divisional weekend, a look ahead. Chris, do you agree with me? There's no way I can prove it. But that third down early, and I know we're like, oh, Raven, mm-hmm. we're all about the Ravens. But if that play doesn't happen... I don't know. Maybe the Titans roll them again. Well, I'm I'm with you because I know exactly the play you're talking about. When we needed uh, we needed the Titans pretty good in that game, and uh, when it was ten nothing, I really thought that the Titans were going to just blow them away. You know, just totally dominate the game. Uh, you know, we've kind of seen that in the past, and uh, I thought it was just going to happen again. And that was just a huge play that kind of sparked that team. And, you know, these things happen during the course of a game. You know, one thing I, I say to a lot of people, I have probably mentioned on the show, you know, games could take on a life of their own. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of those situations where the life of that game, the flow of that game, the outcome of that game, changed dramatically on that one play. I really do believe that. So I'm with you all the way. I know exactly what you're talking about. We've seen that happen, you know, occasionally. Sometimes sometimes it, it, it you know, you could over-dramatize what happens early in a game. A team scored a touchdown, they didn't. And, but I think this really was key because I think this was a team that, um, you know, maybe could easily have lost confidence in themselves, you know, had they lost again to a team that's kind of dominated them, uh, to a quarterback that maybe – uh, has not had great success in in the playoffs, but they they converted that. They were hit back in the game, and really, um, I mean, it was they that dominated from there on. I mean, it became a whole different game. And the key sequence, you know, again, ten fourteen left in the game, ten fourteen left in the fourth quarter, second and two at the Baltimore forty, down seventeen to thirteen, Titans ball. 
Tannehill incomplete. They got Derrick Henry. I know he's not having a good game, but they got Derrick Henry. Tannehill incomplete intended for Brown. Third and two at the Baltimore 40. 10-10 left. Down 17-13. to Tannehill fifth. Fourth and two at the Baltimore 40. Down 17-13 with 10-06 left. Incomplete intended for John Usman. Brett Kern punts. Next drive, 20-13 after a Tucker field goal. Then the Tannehill pick that sealed the deal. Fourth and two at the Baltimore 40, down 17-13 with 10.06 left. They punt. Jason, can you, yeah. give, can you give us perspective yeah. on that? Can you throw up that tweet about this? If you think we're making a big deal over this decision, well, this has historical – this actually is, is, is historically an anomaly. Uh, it simply doesn't happen. Fourth and two at the Baltimore 40, down 17 to 13. This is the Mike Vrabel. And by the way, of all the four coaches I'm singling out, Carol, Tomlin, Reich, and, and uh, Vrabel, Vrabel's the one I least expected this from. Um, right. And uh, and here it is. This is, we have two, actually. This is the pro football bot, fourth down decision bot. Uh, recommendation, very strong, go for it, plus 7.9 win probability if you go for it. Uh, and then here's the perspective from, I believe it's pro football perspective, is it? Let me get this right. Pro football perspective. They put it in historical terms, and they say, and it goes a little something like this. Where is it, guys? Okay. Uh, but basically what they're saying is it just doesn't happen. It's the first time in their entire database, first time in their entire database that this has ever happened in this situation. I'll give you the exact comment. It's the first time all the way back to 1994 that a team in the playoffs punted on fourth and two from this field position down by one score in the fourth quarter. And he does it. I mean, what could you, by the way, that's hard to believe that that's the first time because you know, I can see some conservative coaches doing that, but it's hard to believe that's the, the first and only time in their database. You're actually right. That is a little hard to believe that it's the first time, but that's what it says. According to pro football reference, uh, not a shock that Tony Dungy and Chris Sims had no issue with the punt. <laughs> that, of course, uh, right. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm saying it's a shock that that's the only one, right? Yeah. We'll get to the Buffalo side of this uh, momentarily and the Indy side of that. Uh, so much, so many things to discuss. But the, the line finally in 10 seconds, Chrissy, what was it that you put up three or two and a half here? Oh, I opened three. I'm at two and a half now. I, I think... Um... I think if you miss the three, I think you ain't going to get it. I don't think it's going to be around anymore. All right. That's my- we'll do the Buffalo side of this next. Coming back right here on Guessing Lines. On a- you want to make every game interesting? Gil Alexander, Chris Andrews here as well. Um, people are like, wait, this isn't your normal guessing lines format. Well, you were just going through these in chronological order, this next, this upcoming weekend, and, and hearkening back to what we saw this past weekend. So I never really got a chance, Chris, to talk about the Bills side of this because we've already, we've already submitted Pete Carroll and, uh, and Mike Vrabel's gaffes on the wrong end of the, uh, the Rams and the Ravens. Buffalo, they're AFC East champs for the first time since 1995, hosting their first playoff game since 1996. Uh, Josh Allen, two touchdown passes, another on the ground, 27-24 to win over the Colts. 
their first playoff win since December of 1995. They nearly squandered a 24-10 fourth quarter lead. Uh, Phillip Rivers, 4th and 11 from Buffalo's 47 at the end. He heaved a deep pass for T.Y. Hilton, surrounded by defenders. Uh, Micah Hyde broke through, knocked it down. That sealed the deal. Buffalo has won seven straight now since the Arizona Hail Mary for its longest winning streak since 1990. 6,700 fans in attendance there. Uh, Allen, 26 of 35 for 324 for those two touchdowns. No picks. Sacked twice, 11 of 54 on the ground with a touchdown. Dig, 6 of 128 in a touchdown. They were only 2 of 9 on third down. They allowed 472 total yards by Indianapolis. Indy was 9 of 17 on third. They were 2 of 4 on fourth. 76 total plays. Uh, let me just start in the first half. For those people who had Indy plus 3.5 in the first half, you had about a 99% cover probability in that. Up 10 to 7, third and goal at the Buffalo 1 with two minutes left in the half. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. The theme uh, for the Colts all, all season long are those short yardage situations. Why not kick a field goal? Why, what's, people, these teams are allergic to field goals, Chris. Fourth and, it was fourth and, uh, four, fourth and goal at the 4. After a three-yard loss, just kick the field the game, goal. Yeah. They go for it. And, of course, in Philip Rivers' fashion, it's like off the fingertips. I just don't understand. <laughs> well, I think that, you know, I think there is like a misunderstanding of a lot of the metrics that are out there uh, that, that, you know, kind of eschew the field goal in certain situations. But that's not, you know, fourth and one and fourth and four are, you know, two vastly different things. And I think that sometimes guys, uh, you know, yeah, go get the three, you know, I mean, uh, you got to do things like that, but there's, there was, you know, if we're going to talk about Buffalo for just a second, Please. you know, we needed Buffalo pretty good in that game too. Uh, so, you know, we're, you know, I mean, I'd look back and I'm not sure how we won all this money for this weekend. Yeah, because we didn't win a whole bunch of games, but that was one of them. Uh, we needed Buffalo pretty good, but you know, the whole time, like I don't, I, I looked at it like Buffalo didn't stop Indianapolis as much as Indianapolis stopped themselves. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's a concern for this Bills defense, I think. But, you know, and, and again, I don't want recency to to influence me too much. I mean, it's one game. They are on a hell of a streak. The only game they've lost, like in a couple of months, was that Hale Murray pass to Arizona, which was an absolute miracle. So I don't want to knock them too much after one game. But that really was the truth of it, that their defense didn't stop them as much as Indianapolis stopped themselves. I, I, I want to, yeah, I want to, and I want to get to the closing sequence of this game because, yeah, I mean, this could have gone terribly wrong for Buffalo in the end. You're right. Indy kind of stopping themselves. Uh, Frank Reich also, by the way, uh, Josh Allen, of course, in the bills, once they uh, fail to convert on fourth and goal at the end of the uh, second quarter, matriculate the ball all the way down the field. They get in the end zone and down goes Indy's plus three and a half. So the first half, that was unbelievable. But Frank Reich also said he regretted, he said he regretted that. He said he regretted rushing to challenge a play where he thought Bill's running back Zach Moss fumbled early in the fourth quarter. The decision left the Colts with only one timeout the rest of the game. Reich had time before challenging the play because the cart was brought on the field to take the injured Moss off the field, and he still challenged it. And it was just a, it was, again, stupid challenge weekend. Uh, the Colts ended their season in which they won 11 games for the first time since 2014, reached the playoffs for the second time in three years under Reich. Um, 
Rivers ended up with 309 yards passing. His career playoff record drops to 5-7 and seven in completing his first and potentially last season with the Colts, pondering retirement, only one AFC championship game appearance in his career. But the, the last sequence, from, from Reich's gaffes to Sean McDermott almost saving the day twice in that last sequence for his team. First, the timeout to get them to review the Pittman fumble in the closing seconds of the game because they weren't at all going to look at it even though the ref said after the fact that the replay booth, you know, did it, did initiate it. So Buffalo got their timeout back, even though it apparently wasn't a fumble. If you can follow all that. But he, he was the one that had to initiate that review. And then somehow it didn't go the Bills way. They said that it stands, not a fumble. And so then it was this weird thing where the clock, it, it, it was bizarre. Two seconds seconds they like stole three seconds from the Colts and then the clock winds and the Colts have no urgency to run the play and Sean McDermott ends up using that timeout that they gave back to him in a sort of NBA or college basketball foul to give kind of way he lets it go to five and right before they're about to snap he calls the timeout so he effectively they effectively lost eight seconds. It was the weirdest thing. And McDermott basically saved his tried to save his team the first time, saved his team the second time. The difference between 19 seconds and 14 seconds in that situation is massive. Mm-hmm. Massive. Yeah. And the, the Colts become the first team in playoff history to lose a game while gaining at least 450 yards with no turnovers, according to Elias, prior to Saturday, uh, prior to Saturday such teams were 11 and 0. Uh, so many weird things. And the announcers also, like Charles Davis, there was a, when, you know, when they were going for it from try to make it a six-point deficit as opposed to an eight-point deficit, they got the penalty, and so it was a one-yard, two-point margin. And they correctly went for it, I thought the Colts did, and Charles Davis was like, no, this mm-hmm. is stupid, they shouldn't. Like, I was like, I don't even know what I'm watching sometimes with the announcers either. And they had Buffalo minus three, and you said that's where it started, now it's two and a half, and yeah, I think you're right. Baltimore money's going to come. I think it's Baltimore money. I, I'm not sure that's the winner of the game. As a matter of fact, I kind of like the Bills still, you know. But I do think um, uh, if you're a Bills, if you're looking to play the Bills, I, my my hunch would be to wait. I think the money's going to show on the dog. Man, okay. Well, those are Saturday games, so we got we got through the Saturday games finally. But again, <laughs> between we just, we just went through Carroll and Vrabel and Reich. Like I don't remember a weekend like this where the losing coaches were this bad. Just again, I'm, I get the sense you think I'm exaggerating it, but I just we got one more to come. Still, we're not done with uh, Mike Tomlin still to come. Uh, but we'll talk about the two games on uh, Sunday, Cleveland, Kansas City, and, of course, Tampa Bay, New Orleans. We'll look back to last this past weekend as well. <sighs> Much to be discussed. Coming back right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Uh, all right, Christy. We're off to Sunday, finally. What do you got Sunday? Are we? <laughs> Cleveland at Kansas City. I guess 10. Was I correct? I believe I was. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty solid ten. That's that's what we open. I, you know, it seemed like a just a solid number to me. They had to be about a ten point favorite. Uh, so, so that's that's what we opened. That's where we are. I'm looking right now. Um, you know, a little bit of action on the game, not much, but a little bit behind the Chiefs, but not all that greatly. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know Cleveland gets uh, get. You know, in public, a share of money on in this coming week. No practicing, no head coach on the sideline. 48 to 37 win, uh, their first postseason win for the Browns in more than a quarter century. Uh, No Kevin Stefanski specifically, no Pro Bowl guard Joel Batonio. We talked about that with Jeff Schwartz last week. Denzel Ward back in Cleveland, all tested positive for COVID. They'll all be back next week. But, I mean, there's nothing else to say about this than the beginning of this game. The first snap of the game... Marquis Pouncey snaps it over Big Ben's head. Touchdown Browns. Carl Joseph recovers on a play where James Conner and and Ben had a shot at it first, and and Conner sort of slid by it, and Ben had the urgency to pick that up like Cam Newton did in the Super Bowl. Like none whatsoever. He's like, eh, look at that. Look at that ball. Oh, you, you recovered it. So that's the first play. Second drive. MJ Stewart picks off Big Ben. Three plays later, Mayfield to Landry, 40 yarders on a 40 yard touchdown pass on third and four, 14 to nothing. Third Pittsburgh drive. They punt when they couldn't convert a third and one, three and out, six play drive later. Hunt, 11 yard touchdown on the sixth play, 21 to nothing. Fourth Steeler drive. Sheldrick Redwine picks off Big Ben, returns at 30 yards, three plays later, Hunt, eight yards, 28 to nothing. Christy, the only thing I thought about was. Doug Williams and the Washington football team in Super Bowl 22. And <laughs> the second quarter of that Super Bowl, for those of a certain age, Washington scored 35 unanswered points in the second quarter of that Super Bowl. And I've never seen anything like that. This was about as close to that as I think we've ever seen. Well, so that was a great <laughs> result for me. I love that. Didn't love yesterday so much. No, I, I was on Washington that day. I went home. I, it was, you know, so I talk about games taking on a life of their own. After that second Browns touchdown, that game took on a life of its own. Yes. First one you could overcome. Second one, a little, little tougher. Then the third one, and I didn't even see the fourth touchdown. I left. I was coming home. But I had my daughter texting. <laughs> I didn't want to listen to the play-by-play. I didn't want to do. I'm, I was uh, zoning out the music. <laughs> what the Steelers are doing, and uh, I walk in the door. It's twenty-eight nothing. Um, 
So, it, but it did take on a life of its own. But uh, you know, we wound up. It was one of those games we needed either the the Browns to win outright or the Steelers to cover. Of course, me being a Steelers fan, I was hoping Steelers to cover was going to be the outcome. But that was, you know, at that point, that's it's virtually impossible. That's just not going to happen. Um, you know, but uh, listen, kudos to the Browns. But by the way, can I say one thing? How come Kevin Stefanski couldn't be on the telephone? Yeah, <laughs> I don't have the answer to I don't, that. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's an NFL you know, competitive I, I, reasons issue. Okay. There you go. Yeah, okay. Did, did we not have some uh, extenuating circumstances this year? You know, games being played on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and all that other stuff that they could have said, oh, yeah, he could be on the telephone talking to his team. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I, you know, I, I listen, I think Stefanski – one of the guys up for coach of the year. I think he's done a hell of a job with this team. How can he not be allowed to talk to them on the telephone or text or whatever? I mean, that's just, it's insanity to me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't, you know, didn't, I don't know. Didn't end up. Obviously they didn't need them. Yeah. It didn't end up great. mattering yesterday, but, uh, well, you know where I'm going with this. First of all, let me just get the details. Cleveland first playoff game since 2002. Their first postseason win of any kind since beating New England. Uh, New Year's Day, 95. First playoff road win since 69. Uh, again, d- doing it despite practicing just over the, uh, once over the last two weeks, having lost 17 straight at Heinz Field. Scored as many points in the first quarter as they had in the previous 12 first quarters in Pittsburgh. Steelers led the NFL in sacks but failed to get to Mayfield even once. Cleveland's 48 points, the most Pittsburgh has ever given up in the playoffs. Mayfield 21 of 34 for 263. Three touchdowns, no picks. He was never sacked. Browns gave up 553 total yards. 501 passing. Big Ben's final stats, 47 for 68 for 501. Four touchdowns, four picks, was not sacked. Um, plus five in turnovers is all you need to know. Plus five in turnovers. But yeah. here, here's the sequence, though. So it'd be one thing if Pittsburgh just went away after the 28 to nothing deficit, right? But down 35 to 16, just over halfway through the third quarter, they score a touchdown and make it 35 to 16. And then yeah, for a moment, you're like, oh my, could we be talking about Buffalo yeah. Houston Oilers comebacks? Like, what is sure. That was the other sort of NFL historical reference. It was the Doug Williams Super Bowl and then the big Frank Wright comeback. And you're just like, is that what we're watching? So they're down 19 and correctly, they go for two. They don't convert. Okay, fine. Next drive, they score again to make it 35 to 22. 35 to 22 and here because they went for two the previous time you're like oh well they clearly get it they should go for two again to cut it to 11 nope they kick an extra point to make it 35 to 23 what are we watching chris like i'm just like i cannot believe this is happening math is hard i get it but come on that that 12 point deficit is just you know and i remember i just going back to college i want to say like three or four years ago when Tennessee was playing Kentucky, I want to say, maybe it was Florida. I can't remember. And they, they went up by 12 in the fourth quarter and they kicked to go up by 13. Well, you know, the 13 doesn't, you know, there's no different than 12 at that point. So they have to score two touchdowns and, you know, 
at, you know, in the fourth quarter. Like, in, of course, in the first quarter, yeah, 13 is a nice lead. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know what he was thinking on that. I don't know. You have to try to cut that to 11. You know, you have to try you to have do to. that. And, and, uh, and Al, uh, Al, I don't know. Al Michaels goes into the break and says, yeah, no, by the book, that's what you got to do. Kick the extra point there. I'm like, what? What? And they come back from the break at Al yeah. Michaels because Al Michaels rarely makes that mistake. He's like, yeah, on review, he corrected himself. He's like, I don't know what book that is, but he probably should have gone for two. And then Chris Collinsworth says, nah, I'd have gone for one. <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay. Then, of course, I haven't even gotten to it yet. That's bad enough. Fourth and one at the 46 to start the fourth quarter. It's 35 to 23. <sighs> They try to draw Cleveland offsides or whatever the hell they were doing, sending 45 players in motion, and it didn't fool anybody, and they punt. And then, of course, Cleveland scores a touchdown on the ensuing drive. Mayfield calmly takes them 80 yards in six plays, 42-23. to Katie bar the door. Here's the quote from Tomlin after the game. Yeah. <laughs> quote, I wanted to pin them down and maybe provide a short field for their offense. Yeah. I just wanted to keep the momentum going in terms of field positioning. Unquote. Chrissy, we just spent an hour. Yeah, you haven't stopped them all day. Yeah. You know, why yeah. why did you think this time you were gonna pin them in their own territory? I'm not if I were if I, I was an I, owner, if I was an NFL owner and I was a little more volatile than I probably ought to be, I might have fired Mike Tomlin after that game. Like I really I just I can't We just spent an hour going through four losing coaches in Tomlin and Vrabel and Reich and Carroll. And I don't know which was worse of the bunch, which was the worst of the bunch. But I just know I don't remember one weekend, let alone a playoff weekend, where you had that many. Maybe in a regular season weekend there have been. And I just, you know, we just get tired of naming them all. But in a playoff weekend, and like I said, I don't include Rivera was fine in defeat. Nagy, I just think his team is so bad that I can't really blame him. Right. But those other four guys, I mean, some of this falls squarely on them. So in the end, when we go to these three games, we still have to get to, uh, obviously, we still have to get to Tampa Bay, New Orleans here after the break. But KC minus 10, uh, Buffalo, you said minus two and a half right now for Baltimore. Green Bay yeah. seven against the Rams. I like the, I like the Packers straight up. And I think a Green Bay Baltimore teaser feels awfully good to me right now for a grip. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm going to have to go look and see what we did on teasers for the week. I know we've actually had a really good year, like booking teasers. Believe it or not, interesting. And that was another one. I I looked through and I I had Michael in my office, you know, uh, you know on Saturday, and I was showing him because you know Michael's always. We couldn't beat the teasers. We couldn't beat. Well, we beat them more than you think, you know. And uh, some guys, I know you've done really well with teasers this year, but overall, the public has not. But that sounds like a pretty good teaser, the one you just said. It it really does sound pretty good. Sounds good until, as you say, Chrissy, the games take a take on a life of their own, and and yes, they do. You're like, yes, they do. You're like, I I guess this Pittsburgh teaser leg I have is not going to (laughs) hit. Jeez. We'll come back. Uh, We'll do the last of the four divisional games. Coming back right here on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Tampa Bay at New Orleans is is the final game. Uh, I ended up with New Orleans minus three and a half. What did you come up with? 
I like three better. Um, and this game actually opened three and a half almost everywhere. Uh, I But I could see it. So I went to three. And that was the first one to go to three. And then naturally, you know, the guys poured in and laid the three. But I told them, now just hold the number. Hold the number. I think this is going to settle in at three. And I don't want to play, you know, listen, I, you know, I got to dodge this three almost every single week. But now when I got to dodge them in a big playoff game, eh, could be pretty consequential. Uh, I think this is a great matchup. And we talked about games taking on a life of their own. You know, I, I look back that the New Orleans Buccaneers game early in the year where New Orleans just absolutely obliterated them. That was a game that I did not think took on a life of its own. It, you know, New Orleans just really, you know, trampled them. But I do think Tampa's a different team right now. And uh, I, I think three was a real good number here. Yeah, the reason I, I said three and a half is I, I figured two, you know, double-digit stompings deserved the hook. Uh, and to your point, yeah. those, those final scores were 34 to 23 and 38 to three. Let's not forget that one. That was, was a very peculiar game that definitely yeah. took a, on a life of its own. By the way, uh, Felica chiming in on what you were saying. Uh, will you stop making sense? He says, he says, like the, like the college football committee actually thought about that. Uh, all right. Well, let's start with this one. Tampa Bay at New Orleans, T- Tampa Bay beats Washington. They beat the Washington football team 31 to 23 on Saturday night. Yeah. First playoff win for the franchise, the Bucks franchise since 2002. Uh, their Super Bowl year, by the way, when they won it all with uh, Coach John Gruden. Tom Brady against Washington, 22 of 40 for 381. Two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked three times. His 42nd postseason start. That is nuts. 42nd postseason start. Uh, Mike Evans caught six passes for 119 yards. 507 total yards of offense for Tampa Bay. But they beat a, a Washington team, which was really the one team that lost this weekend where you almost want to stand up and applaud for them. Taylor Heineke. Sure. Taylor Heineke, everybody. Yeah. Uh, maybe Washington's quarterback of the future. I mean, it's unbelievable. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, just bear with me for a second because I have to get my feels on this. Yeah, okay. Uh, 20, <laughs> don't, don't let me have my moment here. 26 of 44 for 306. <laughs> 26 of 44 for 306 off the street. One touchdown, one pick. He was sacked twice. Six carries for 46 yards and a touchdown. I knew when he scored that touchdown, when he dove at the pylon, I knew he hurt himself. They were trying to figure out afterwards. I was like, it was on the touchdown. They thought it was like a subsequent hit. I was like, nope, when he landed on his chest. But it was his second pro start, his first ever in the playoffs. He had only appeared in eight games lifetime. He was signed December 8th by Washington to the practice squad. Uh, he was taking online math classes at his alma mater, Old Dominion, ODU, when Washington called him to be its quarantine quarterback. Remember, the Denver-New Orleans game was such a horrific event for the uh, Broncos, the Kendall Hinton game, that Washington was like, well, we got to get ourselves a quarantine quarterback in case that happens to us. Hey, let's get this kid from ODU. Taylor Heineke used to, you know, Ron Rivera had him over in Carolina. So that scramble for an eight-yard touchdown, by the way, by diving at the pylon in the corner of the end zone, Uh, Banged up his left shoulder. He didn't look the same on the next drive. Cam Sims was his big target, 7 for 104. But Washington, I just want to say one last thing about Washington. They had Alex Smith, poor Alex Smith after the 17 surgeries, comeback player of the year. There's nothing you can say bad about Alex Smith. Clearly the calf just couldn't hold up here. Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, who was the other guy that Rivera brought over for Carolina. This kid comes off the street 
and is by far their best quarterback of the season. By far. <laughs> and so, like, all year I'm like, they don't have the quarterback of their future is not on their roster. Uh, he's going to get a shot at it, shouldn't he? Oh, he'll get a shot for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. He deserves a shot. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, listen, he's obviously not that talented or he wouldn't have been taking a math course a month ago. Right. You know, but kudos to him for really just an admirable performance. I'm looking up his QBR real quick here. Yeah, 63.2 is QBR. I mean, it's really good. Um, so he, he played terrific. I mean, uh, he's going to be a folk hero, I think, in Washington uh, for years to come. I, I think, uh, you know, and, and well-deserved. And I well mean, deserved. he really – yeah, I mean, you know, he almost pulled out this game. You know, I mean, he, they, he gave it a shot. They had a run at it. You know, why not? The amazing thing about that game, the, the Tampa Bay-Washington game, and this shows how none of us know a damn thing in the end. Like, even those of us who thought Washington could keep it close and maybe even cover, yeah. our, our game script to do that, our path to doing that was, oh, Young, Payne, Allen, Sweat, they're going to mess with Tom Brady. Yeah. He's a statue. Yeah. Uh, that's how they're going to keep it close. Instead, those guys did virtually nothing. Like Chase Young couldn't get to Brady. He wasn't even close to Brady all game. And instead, it's this kid again <laughs> off the street yeah. who was taking math classes. He was the one who kept him in the game. I just it nothing. Nothing about this game. No one had this game pegged. Nobody. Uh, and so Tampa Bay gets to play New Orleans for a third time, and I guess well, you know Tampa Bay. They you look, they left a lot of points on the on the board too, right? They left a lot on the table. They're going in to play New Orleans. It's the forty three year old against the forty one year old, and it's uh, New Orleans who gets by Chicago. They do so twenty one to nine in the end. A Jimmy Graham touchdown catch and a great catch it was at the buzzer. Uh, wins Bears teaser legs, but if you got the worst number, <laughs> if you got the worst number, yeah, it, it does not get you the plus eleven and a half, or excuse, it, or excuse me, it does not get you the the, the minus eleven and a half. I should say, were uh, saved by that, or excuse me, the plus eleven and a halfs were not saved by that. Right, those who had the Bears were like, oh, no extra point. What's the rule? Well, the rule is the Minneapolis miracle decided there's no extra point in that. One second. If they had one second on the clock, they would have had to have kicked the extra point. But We no, talked about that on the Megapod. We did. Yeah. A couple few weeks back, we were uh, talking about the Minneapolis miracle creating that rule change. Um, by the way, how much did Jim Nance want that last Drew Brees touchdown to count? The one where he waved it over? Nance is like, nope, it's a touchdown, Tony. And Tony's on delay in his COVID protocol. He's like, no, I don't think so, Jim. <laughs> and finally, it wasn't. Anyway, that was such a weird game because it looked like at one point, it looked like it like the Bears waved the, the, the white flag, right? Fourth and nine at their own 26 with 745 left. They're down 21 to three. They punt. Like, who cares if you lose by 18? You might as well lose by 100. So they punt there. And then subsequent to that, they have this amazing goal line stand against the Saints, the one where Bruce uh, Breeze's apparent touchdown did not count. And then they matriculate the ball 99 yards for the Graham touchdown. It's like the weirdest, like, what, what's happening? Um, but I don't, you know, in the same way that we talked about Vrabel and Reich and Tomlin and Carroll, I don't hold this over Nagy. Uh, because I just don't think his team's that good. The Bears were held to 11 first downs. They were one of 10 on third downs. They only had 239 total yards, only 48 rushing. They only had the ball 21 minutes and two seconds. 
you know, Saints had never previously allowed fewer than 14 points in a playoff game. They allow three plus that last touchdown, so I guess nine here. And, um, you know what, Breeze, 28 of 39 for 265, two touchdowns, no picks. He wasn't sacked. Kamara, 23 for 99 on the ground, a touchdown. Deontay Harris kept the Saints really ahead in the first half by himself, it seemed like. Seven catches for 83 yards. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, New Orleans is about, I don't know how to feel about this game, Chris, because New Orleans is about what I think they are, which is to say something about them worries me. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to chime in there. and you know, I've never been the biggest Saints guy. I think that they're good. They're real good. You know, you got Peyton and Breeze, you know, a very good combination coach and quarterback. But I look back, even the year they won the Super Bowl, I'm, I had Indianapolis in that game. Obviously, I was wrong. But I look back, I I'm just not crazy about this team, you know, and every year they're highly competitive. You know, they're right in the playoff mix and the Super Bowl mix. And I, I don't know. I, you know, it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly what it is with this game. You talk about games taking on a life of its own. What if, and I forget the guy's name, the, the Bears guy that dropped that touchdown pass. Yeah, that could have changed everything. Oh, my God. Could that have changed the game? I think it might have. Yeah. Um, you know, easier to say now, of course. But I don't know. And that's why I say, you know, and I know they've beaten Tampa twice. The, the one that they won by 11, what was it, 33, whatever it was. 34 to one, 23. That was a, First game of the year, yeah. 34-23, yeah. So, I mean, that was that was an okay performance. That, that wasn't terrible. The other game, I mean, they totally smashed Tampa Bay. I mean, you know, that was... You know, they, they crushed them from the beginning. Uh, but I, do those two games mean something? Yes, they do mean something for sure. But I just think right now Tampa Bay is playing its best ball of the year. I always think there's just a little something missing out of this New Orleans team. It's hard for me to put my finger on it because their defense is very good. You know, Breeze, I mean, he is a Hall of Famer, no doubt. Peyton's a great coach. But I, I kind of like Tampa in this game. I, you know, even plus the three, you know, there was three and a half earlier. You might see that again. I'm not sure. But I like Tampa. I think Tampa's going to win this game. This is, you know how on the Megapod I asked the question, which is the game I want no part of? Like, if you lived in a bizarro world, Mm -hmm. you had to bet a side. We do it during the regular season. But we also do it for the playoffs. If I had to bet three here on the side and take one pass, this is probably the pass for me. Like, there's so many different outcomes on this one for me. You know, because I could just as – your scenario is exactly right. I could see Tampa Bay rolling. I could see New Orleans rolling. I just don't have a good feel for New Orleans. But here's my favorite tweet of the weekend. Can you show this one, Jason, this this one? Because all year I've been saying how – yeah, great. Sean Payton's a great coach. But I just don't buy into the Taysom Hill thing, right? Like everybody anointed Taysom Hill. Oh, he's just a Swiss Army knife. You do everything with him. And I'm always annoyed by it because the line for me is always – he does everything worse than the player he's replacing. He's not as good a quarterback as Breeze. He's not as good a running back as Kamara. He's not as good a receiver as Thomas. And Tommy Smokes, 
I don't know if, if his son's been listening to the show, but he says, I'm watching the game on Nickelodeon with my three-year-old son, and he just asked, quote, Daddy, why do the Saints insist on forcing the football to Taysom Hill when he doesn't do anything that well, and they have two better quarterbacks and four to five better playmakers on the roster? I'm so proud. <laughs> it's just exactly how I feel. Uh, I don't know if Tommy's very funny. I don't know if that's his son actually said that or if that's Tommy channeling through his child. Um but, Boy, that kid's a prodigy. Uh, yes. Are you kidding me? Three years old to come up with that and sign him up for uh, for Vston? Are you kidding me? Did you catch any of the Nickelodeon broadcast? Probably not, huh? No, I did not. No. Jason, no. do we have do we have the real quick the Nickelodeon tweets? I mean, the the one thing that was cool is that they had. Uh, Young Sheldon explaining. So here's a touchdown where they everybody gets slimed. That's an Adam Schefter tweet. And then they do explain, like Young Sheldon explained all the calls, which I thought was interesting. And then there was a third one where they kick a field goal, and it's like SpongeBob SquarePants' big face, which got me to giggle as well. But if I was a child and they had Nickelodeon, I wouldn't have watched the game on Nickelodeon because I was, like, so serious about football from age six. I'd have been like, turn this crap, turn this crap off. I think it's a great yeah. idea. They got to figure out different environments to, to play around with. That was definitely the game to do it on, though. Because, boy, was it otherwise. If you didn't have a bet on that Chicago-New Orleans game yesterday, it was unwatchable. This betting thing is going to catch on. Yeah. 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 You know, obviously, we had action every game. But, yeah, you're right. That was pretty unwatchable. Yeah. All right. So, in the end, then, as we look back at these four games in our final two minutes, I I think I like straight up I like Green Bay the best, giving seven. And then the, the the tease I like the best is Green Bay Baltimore. Basically, what I'm saying is I love Saturday much more than I like Sunday. How about you? Well, I like the Packers. Like I said, I I, I kind of wanted to open this game seven and a half, but I didn't want to mess with it just yet. Uh, I like the Bills. I think the Bills are going to beat them. I think they'll beat the Ravens. Although I think the public will come in strong on the Ravens. Uh, I like uh, I like Tampa Bay. Uh, plus the three, but, you know, again, you're cutting it pretty close. I think they win that game. The game I would stay away from is Cleveland and Kansas City. Mm. That's the game. You know, 10-point favorite. You know, I think that number's dead on. You know, I've seen teams lose by less than 10 with never having a chance to win the football game. And I think that could easily happen here. Or Kansas City could just blow them out. I don't know. How much How much uh, that 500-plus yards that the Browns gave up do you chalk up yeah. to the nature of how that? This yeah, is a, a good question for you. How much of how the game was where Pittsburgh just needed to sling it all game? Or how much of that is the Browns just can't stop anybody, period? Well, I think that's part of it. You know, when the Steelers cut it to 12, you know, I thought, I thought, man, are they going to pull this game out? Because I mean, they were they were rolling at the time, and I thought, I mean, there was a legitimate chance that they could do it. And part of it was the fact that uh, yeah, Cleveland is having trouble stopping teams, you know. Uh, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to stop Kansas City. But does that mean Kansas City wins, you know, 34-26 or 27, something like that? Yeah. I think you know, I certainly could see that's the game I would stay away from if. Uh, you know, if were I on the megapod, they had to stay away from one game. That would be it. That happening very easily. So that- yeah, I think I think a lot of people will agree with you on that. And I, the more you say it, the more you might be right on that. Chrissy, I thank you as always. Um, again, the name of the book. Then one day, Chris Andrews, everybody, my mishpucha. Thank you, sir. 
Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure, Gil. My favorite. Good talking to you. Good talking to you, too. My favorite uh, way to start Mondays during football season. Happy to do it uh, through the playoffs as well. Coming back. Uh, Here you go. My favorite. Good talking to you. Good talking to you, too. My favorite uh, way to start Mondays during football season. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 